This happened to my uncles when they were driving a truck overnight in Mexico. They didn't stop to see what it was because there were no lights on the road. My uncle on the passenger side saw this devilish creature that looked like a dog climbing closer to the cabin of the truck. They said the thing was huge. My uncle started screaming in fear when they saw it and said they tried to shake it off the truck, but it wouldn't fall off until they hit it against a tree on the opposite side of the road. They kept driving all night to the morning, all freaked out. Now, when they got to a gas station in a village, they saw gash marks and hand and animal prints on the windows where it was trying to get in and on the back of the trailer. They told their story to some of the villagers and in turn, the villagers told them that these dogmen-like demons roamed the area and they were not the only ones who have been attacked before. They were so freaked out, the hair on their arms rose every time they told this story. They said they never drove through Central America besides the cities or villages at night ever again. I wish I could have recorded them telling their stories. And they've died already, but before they died, they stuck with what happened to them and they never did any drugs from MysteriousUniverse.org. happening all you people out there in the hinterlands it's rock and max and are we glad to be spending some quality time with all you fine folks out there that we are gang and as always before we start the festivities we gotta ask all you lovely listeners to head on over to whatever podcatcher you listen to us on and please rate review and share our podcast with your circle and those of you who already have, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm, thanks in advance, y'all. And you are right, Maxie. That, hands down, is the best way to get your boys out there. So like-minded people can find and enjoy our show as well. So we ask that you continue to grant us that boon of the five-star review. And now, on to the shenanigans. Party people, as y'all know, Rock and I are going to debate and discuss all things legendary, paranormal, and monstrous. monstrous. Monsters. And of course, fun. Fun's important, Maxie. Our work and no play make Maxie a dull boy. <laughs> you ain't lying, son. Mm-hmm. Work is wasting my flavor. All of our flavor. But ask the question, Rock. All right, Max. Fun is important, but do you want to know what's not fun? Not really. Uh, I changed my well, mind. I'm tell you, <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you anyway, all right? <laughs> Going camping, hiking, or hunting only to encounter a dog man. And he's staring right at you, fangs glistening, covered in dark fur and all swole up like your boy Sasquatch. <laughs> Get ready for a doggone good time, y'all. That was a bad joke, Max. That's a borderline dad joke right there. Right. You need to focus or this show is going to the dogs. <laughs> now that's a dad joke. <laughs> Gang, if Max's horrible dog jokes haven't clued you in, we are talking about dog men on this here episode. All right, Rock. I'll stop mad dogging you <sighs> and let you get on with the show. <laughs> wah, 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 this guy. <laughs> All right, gang, as I said earlier, we are talking about dogmen today. Yeah, or upright walking canines for those of you who don't believe in dogmen. Or werewolves for those of you who don't believe in upright walking canines. <laughs> 
Though we've already done an episode on werewolves, we're going to dive into some dogman sightings on this here episode. Before the term dogman became more commonplace, we might have said werewolf, Max. And that term dogman, according to the lore, was coined by the great and powerful Linda S. Godfrey. What's up, Linda? Rock, you know she's from Wisconsin, my old stomping grounds. Yes, sir. Home of cheese curds, dogman, and Dungeons and Dragons. You know, I'm pretty sure that's a state motto right there. In addition to creating the term dogman, she also coined the moniker the Beast of Bray Road. And we know the people out there in the hinterlands have heard of the Beast of Bray Road. He's kind of famous, or infamous if you prefer. Max, infamous means more than famous. <laughs> Just like that old guapo character in the Three Amigos. <laughs> you ain't reviewing Three Amigos, right? Doesn't pertain to this pod at all. <laughs> <laughs> Max, would you say there is a plethora of dogmen out in the hinterlands? Let's get back to the Beast of Bray Road, shall we? Since you act so nicely. So we're not going to really delve into the Beast of Bray Road on this episode, y'all. There's so much info out there regarding the sightings, which happened in the early 90s, if I'm not mistaken. Small Town Monsters has a really good documentary, The Bray Road Beast. Check it out, y'all. I believe it's on Prime or... Hulu or something. Yeah, no, no. It's it's totally on Prime. Dude, I bought that. It's a really good documentary. Eyewitness Testimony, Linda Godfrey figures in it, as you'd expect. And the dudes at Small Town Monsters do some top-notch fun work. And moving on. So, Rock, all dog jokes aside, dogman sightings are on the rise. You know, they certainly seem to be trending upwards. And this is a subject that you personally have been following for years, right? Yeah, man. I just find it super interesting. And you know, I'm a big believer in where there's smoke, there's fire, Max. And there are a ton of so-called experts out there. But for me, Linda Godfrey and our boy Dark Waters are the two main sources for dogman knowledge and lore. But that's just my opinion, y'all. We love us some cryptids here at Nightmares and Daydreams. We know y'all do too. For sure, man. And that first story went down in Mexico. Dogman is worldwide, y'all. Just not in Michigan and Wisconsin, as early reports suggest. Have Dogman will travel. All right, let's get into another story, shall we? A black limousine pulled up to my car, and the rear window went down. I saw a beautiful black German shepherd sitting there in the back of the limousine next to the open window. I could see the dog's head, but not his body. I was looking at the dog and smiling, and the dog was smiling back at me. He looked intelligent, and he was clean and well-groomed. I thought the owner of the limousine had a very beautiful dog. Somehow, without knowing how or why, I simply knew that the dog was male. But then, just before the light turned green, the dog casually put his arm on the window ledge, and he had a hand. My jaw dropped and the dog smirked. I thought he was chuckling, pleased with himself that he had shocked me by showing me his hand. It looked like a human hand with fingernails, well manicured and skin that was coal black like his hair. His arm had short black hair like the hair on a dog's front leg, but his hand was hairless. And the arm had an elbow and shoulder like a human elbow and shoulder. The light turned green and we both drove away. I never saw the limousine or the dog again. I tried to find some kind of ape or monkey with a face like that, but no such animal exists. And of course, dogs don't have human hands, so what did I see? Now I think that the dog owned the limousine rather than being the pet of a human. From Monsters Among Us by Linda S. Godfrey.
Okay, Max. Three words. Fanciest dogman ever. You know, just rolling in the limo. He probably was going to ask her for some gray poupon or something. <laughs> Only the best for our limo riding dogman. Man, he just wanted some high-end condiments. <laughs> okay, Rock. When did this happen again? All right, Maxie, this happened in Orange, California, 1982, if I recall correctly. The average dogman back then couldn't afford a limo rock. <laughs> Times might have been tough for lycanthropes in the early 80s. Well, an American werewolf in London came out the year before, so dogmen slash werewolves were trending upwards. You know, he might have been a consultant on the film, living that Hollywood lifestyle, y'all. Collecting royalties. Mm-hmm. It was California. And according to Godfrey, the witness, a woman named Tessa, she didn't feel afraid, only shocked and curious, as one would expect. Yeah, to say the least. You know, seeing a dogman chilling in the back of a limo. I mean, it's not something you expect to see, obviously, but obviously. as far as sightings go, this one is pretty damn friendly. Mm -hmm. Daytime, in the city. That's the kind of dogman encounter we need to have. You know, if we ever have one, friendly and innocuous, just chilling in the safety of your vehicle, surrounded by daytime traffic, and I believe she said the dogman was even smiling at her. A sighting like that kind of reminds me of an encounter we talked about in our Skinwalkers episode, hmm. where a woman picks up a Native American hitchhiker that at first glance was a handsome young man. Oh, yeah. But when she glanced at the person in her back seat, it was this old trickster. <laughs> totally. It was like this old Native American cat, and he used his powers to get a ride to the corner store to score some smokes. <laughs> he just called up on some dark witchcraft to change his shape. As you, do, As you do to get a ride. Who needs an Uber when you can look like a gorgeous Native American Fabio, am I right? Yeah. It's like the experience was unsettling, but not really dangerous. True. I mean, I could swing that kind of encounter, I think. I mean, Max, if you have to have an encounter with the supernatural, that's the way to go, party people. Ain't nobody want to get accosted in the woods by no dogman. Said it once and I'll say it again. So you're not a big camper then, huh? Oh, hell no. It's too hot or too cold, too uncomfortable, too everything, man. Too wild for you, Rock. Okay, sure. You know, Max, I don't see you knocking down the doors to get to our national forest, my friend. Don't see you selling up the horse to get, quote, off the grid. Hell, I ain't trying to be featured on Missing 411 either. <laughs> Dude, it's funny. My brother is such a big fan of all that. He's way into David Politis, Politis, however you pronounce that cat's name. <laughs> uh, he's all, he's like my brother's telling me, stay out the woods, bro. And I'm just like, dude, no worries on that end. Good advice. Yeah, totally. So could Dogman be a culprit as far as people missing in the woods? I mean, that's a hell of a question. I mean, he could be. Dude, like a ton of folks go missing in the wilderness each year, and that's a fact. Great outdoors are overrated, y'all. Dude, I'm outdoorsy in that I like to drink beer on patios, right? <laughs> Especially nowadays. You ain't lying. So, dogmen, right? Mm hmm Are they always bipedal? Like, always upright with good posture? You know, went to finishing school? <laughs> I could use some good posture up in this piece. You know, not necessarily. Some witnesses claim to have seen dogmen go down on all fours when they need to make haste. But what a lot of folks have seen are these giant wolf-like creatures that go from all fours to rising up on two legs, just like blatantly in front of people, like dogmen is straight flexing. So do some witnesses hear bones popping as the dogmen rise up? Good question, man. And yeah, you know, some folks have reported hearing bones popping, kind of snapping into place when they witness one of the creatures going from four legs to two. As you want to say, oh, hell no. Oh, yeah. You know, let's just talk about how, like, shocking it is when you see a dog on two legs. Well, 
not shocking, really. Our dogs both like to leap and play around, and <laughs> they often do so when they're on back legs. You know, like, dude, I'm not talking about the regular behavior, Max. Just imagine the side of your dog, Rook, on all fours, and then he rises up on his hind legs and starts running around, like, effectively and fast. Right. I mean, that would be a What's bit up? freaky. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, hey, man, I'm, I'm uh, hungry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, would that, I not, guess that would... would that not be a bit freaky? That would be freaky, I, I admit. So, dude, at least for me, seeing a canine on two legs walking, running, jumping comfortably, and being able to haul ass and jump long distances on two legs, it ain't natural, y'all. Especially a huge wolf-like creature. So, you know, speaking of that, let's just get into some of the descriptions of dogmen, because they tend to vary. Exactly. I find that actually really interesting. So, one that I read about that I thought was really cool was that, according to some witnesses, the dogmen they encountered, mm -hmm. and it was here in Texas, actually, resembled a fox more than a wolf. Oh, damn. And it apparently had a really long tail. Hell not. Damn, the last thing we need is the nine-tailed fox demon from Naruto making waves in Texas, Max. <laughs> and according to the story, some guys caught this dogman in some trap and it dug its way out. Mm -hmm. Now it's pissed. Just moving massive amounts of earth. These things are crafty, y'all. Trap them at your peril. Or attack them at your peril, gang. But we'll get into that a little later. So according to eyewitnesses, dogmen come in a variety of colors as far as fur color, ranging from black to gray to brown to reddish and even silver in some cases. And he's usually pretty big, gang. Yeah, he's all swole up like he's been hitting the CrossFit box on the reg and choking <laughs> down loads of protein powder. Height varies from smaller, like five to six foot, all the way up to like 10 feet in some cases. Damn. And, you know, his head is usually very wolf-like. Tall, pointed ears, long snout and all that. A lot of folks say he has a very, quote, German shepherd-like head. And, you know, Max, I can imagine your dog, Rook, as a dogman. He got that look. Hey, gang, Max got a Belgian Malinois. Ain't nobody robbing his house is all I got to say. <laughs> he does have that look. Black head, pointed ears. Large fangs and all that. But Rook is a good boy, gang. Yeah, he's a very good boy. Dogman gang are also fast as hell. You ain't gonna outrun one. Word. Yep. Eyewitnesses have stated they couldn't even believe the amount of ground that was traveled in a short time on two legs. Two legs. And they're even fast around four, according to some. And they don't have front doggy paws neither, y'all. Their hands are often described as human-like with talons on the ends. The eyeshine folks have described ranges from white to yellow-green to yellow, and in some cases, even red. Red Oh, hell nah. Dude, you see a dog man with red glowing eyes in the night? What's the first thing you do? Pinch myself and hope I'm dreaming. <laughs> That's 100%, Max. All right, now that we've laid down a brief description, let's get into another story, shall we? I received another report of a strange wolf-like creature, and in this report, a husband and wife were out cross-country skiing. They had just crossed a remote country road and were about to ski across a field. On the other side of this field, they spotted an extremely large wolf standing just inside the tree line. The wolf was covered in black fur and was on all fours at this point. The woman said its height in that position was between three and three and a half feet tall and she felt uncomfortable since the creature was staring right at them and following their movement. Her husband evidently felt wary as well as he unslung his 22 rifle from his back, loaded it, and fired in the beast's direction. 
aiming at the ground in hopes of scaring it off. This action did not achieve its intended effect. She said that the creature looked at the ground, then back at them, and began to growl. She said the growl went up and down, and it was very deep and menacing. She said that her husband shouldered his rifle again, but did not fire. But what really gave her the chills was the look on the creature's face. She felt the creature knew the rifle was small caliber and was not something that could kill it with one shot. Moments later, her husband fired again, and this time into a tree that was next to the creature. The creature didn't even flinch, but what it did next made them both flee in terror. About 30 seconds after the second shot, the creature stood up on two legs to rise to a height of between six and seven feet tall. One of its front legs was against the tree that her husband shot. The growling continued, but it had increased in volume by quite a bit, and the creature was moving its jaws up and down like it was gnashing its teeth. Her husband fired three shots directly at the creature, all three hitting it in the chest. The creature let out a drawn-out scream and ran off into the forest on two legs. They fled the other way back towards their vehicle. As they were skiing back through a small area of forest and they were passing through the forest, they could hear something running towards them in the distant woods. They cleared the woods without anything happening, but when they broke out of the forest, they estimated that whatever was chasing them was no more than 35 to 40 yards behind them. The next part of the tale may sound as strange as the wife's feeling that the creature was able to judge the rifle caliber as too small to hurt it. But what was reported is actually fairly commonplace in reports of dogman encounters. She had her cell phone with her and was thinking about using it to take a picture of the creature. As she was thinking this, she suddenly got a feeling that if she took a photograph, the creature would kill both of them. She said the feeling was so strong that she immediately shoved the phone in her pocket. It wasn't as if the creature sent her a psychic message or anything. It was just a feeling. She had actually been so scared she lost control of her bladder, even though she always thought that was just something from the movies. From American Monsters, a history of monster lore, legends, and sightings in America by Linda S. Godfrey. Wow, what a story. Mm -hmm. She has so many great encounters in her books. And that story gang has many of the hallmarks of Dogman sightings. How so? Tell us. Okay, so out in the wilderness, obviously, that's one. Two, the Dogman is watching them, but not really being aggressive. And then the husband stupidly shoots at it. Which pissed it off, or so it seemed. Totally. As soon as it was shot, it went to two legs, like showing the eyewitnesses that, you know, yo, this is what you're dealing with. And then the husband shot it three more times, which didn't hurt it. The third hallmark is the feeling that the woman got from the dogman, you know, for its disdain for the 22 rifle that her husband had. Yeah, it was like, you got to do better than that if you want to hurt me. True. And four, and this one is huge, gang, the fact that the woman felt that if she took a picture of it, that she and her husband would die. It's like, dogmen ain't worried about guns, but whip out a camera? They apparently do not like that. So other eyewitnesses have reported the same thing. Yep. 
You know, one hiker reported seeing an abnormally large wolf on a trail, like Game of Thrones, dire wolf style, just huge. And this wolf was just staring at him, you know, not being aggressive, just looking at this guy. But when the dude dug into his backpack to take a picture and get out of camera, it just bolted off into the trees. It's like they know. It's pretty trippy, y'all. If reports are to be believed, these are not stupid animals that we're dealing with. Well, they're werewolves, right? They have human intelligence. That's a wrong episode, my man. You know, but seriously, it does make you wonder. So something we haven't talked about is where one can find dogmen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, asking for a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, seriously, though, if one is stupidly searching for such an encounter. Yeah, don't go looking for them, guys. According to our board, Dark Waters, these creatures have migration patterns that they stick to throughout the course of the year. Basically, head from up north, well into the south, and in some cases, they cross the border into Mexico. If they are natural creatures, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Getting out of the cold weather, following prey-type animals that might migrate as well. True, true. And then for whatever reason, dogmen are often sighted around so-called, quote, mystical places like crossroads, burial grounds, churches, cemeteries, other places of arcane power. They've also been sighted, and quite frequently, honestly, at military bases. That's interesting. The military bases thing. Like, what exactly are they looking for? Secret weapon technology that they can use in their ongoing war against Sasquatch. (laughs) Coming soon in a Netflix series. Seriously, right? No, that's funny, though. Dude, I kid, of course. But, you know, hey, man, there have been reports of Bigfoot and Dogman, you know, having some battles, baby. Come on, Rock. Even for you, that's pretty outlandish. (laughs) Hey, man, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just letting you know what I've come across in our research for this episode. That'd be a good movie, though. Like you said, Netflix. Okay, Max, so you talked about attacking them at your peril earlier. Can you expound? Yeah, I ran across several encounters during our research where Mm -hmm. people have sighted them on their land or property or whatnot, have fired on them, the dogmen, I mean, Mm. and wish they hadn't. It's almost like in some cases they were just passing through, maybe in their migration pattern as we talked about. Who knows? You know, Max, I think I read that too. So like these creatures unleashed hell on the properties once they were attacked, right? Basically, according to some accounts, The dogmen just terrorized the farmers or ranchers, destroying property, killing animals, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Dude, Dark Water says that if you do attack, you got to move at least 200 miles away to avoid any retribution. That's pretty nuts. Listen, folks, obviously defend yourself if you gotta. But if you just cite one, yo, just let it go about its business. Sound advice. So we got time for one more story? Around July 1976, in the Madera area of Clearfield County, this would have put me at six or seven years old. We lived just above the town of Madera. It was very remote, few homes in that area, and very wooded. My dad would often patrol with the local officers from the Game Commission. I'm pointing this out due to the fact of how he reacted when he saw this thing. He was a big guy, and very little scared him. We often shook our heads when he would go outside at night to scare off a bear with only a pitchfork. He knew wildlife. He knew what their habits were, knew if there was going to be a problem on the farm, all of that. On this night, we were woken by a loud commotion near the front porch. We had outside cats that hung around the porch, 
and they would scatter when a raccoon or other animal would approach the front of the house. When they scattered, it was pretty loud, hence the noise that woke us. I remember hearing Dad give his typical angry sigh because he had to get up and see what was out there. He had gone downstairs. The house was quiet. We were all waiting to hear the door close. Instead, we heard Dad let out a bellow that had us all running for the stairs. He was standing back from the door, gun in hand, and his face was, well, I guess I would say scared. As I said, nothing seemed to scare him, so seeing that look on his face made us all stand there, uncertain. Outside, standing in profile, looking right back at us with no fear. This thing showed no fear at all. In fact, I remember thinking that it was angry. It just looked mean. It was a canine, certainly not a dog. It looked like a hyena from the shoulders to the head. The back end was way smaller than the front shoulders and head. I don't remember seeing a tail. The fur was odd, sparse and shaggy, but it just didn't look like fur. It's hard to explain. The snout was not too long and narrow. It was stubby, but huge. The whole body was huge. From its back end to its head, it was almost the width of our porch. This would put it at least seven feet tall. Again, it was huge. It's still looking at us and then looked out towards our barn, back at us again, then just simply and very slowly walked a few steps and then it took off. It was so fast, literally, it was like seeing a blur of color and then it was gone. We all just stood there. Then mom asked what it was and dad, he yelled for us all to get upstairs. He stayed up all that night, never went outside to check the animals never opened the door. Oddly enough, we never even talked about it. Nobody ever mentioned it again. I wish I had more information to give you. However, this does give you a possible timestamp. I spent most of my life up there in that area, and it was a unique area for sure. Many things happened up there that were hard to explain, and I'm glad I moved away when I was 33. I do still live in the Clearfield area, but no more thick forest for me submitted by ASM from Lon Strickler's Phantoms and Monsters. I loved that the dogman they saw looked like a hyena. Our listeners will well remember the five minutes of folklore we did on hyena men. Mm-hmm. Dude, that was a good one. African folklore, don't mess around. We need some more of that, actually. Yep. In that story, the dogman seems to have just rolled up onto the porch, startled the cats, mm-hmm. and was in turn possibly started by the dad who came storming out of the house looking to scare off some raccoons or other varmints. He got a surprise. And again, dude, the speed of the dogmen that they witness, you know, just there one second and then gone the next, a blur of color. And the witness stating how huge it was, taking up the whole doorway and up to the porch, almost seven feet tall. Truly strange, man. All right, Max. So before we sign off, do you have any theories on the dogman? I don't know, but... I think there's really stuff out there, and I don't know what it is, but too many people have been seeing it to say it was nothing. Smoke, there's fire, right? (laughs) So solid, man. You know, and I'm not sure what I think. You know, could they come through portals? Are they other dimensional type beings? Have they always been here? Dare we say the W word? You know, dude, I think they might just be monsters. And they're out there, party people. So beware. Real scientific rock. Hey, it was just as good as your answer, my man. So. <laughs> <laughs>
with that last bit, we are done. And thanks for hanging out with Max and myself during these trying times. As always, we super appreciate it and we love it. That we do. And if y'all appreciate what we're doing and would like to support the podcast, head on over to buymeacoffee.com and search Nightmares Podcast Mm -hmm. for an invigorating one-time donation. It literally helps us keep the lights on. We love coffee. Here at Nightmares and Daydreams. Guys, speaking of supporting the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash nightmares podcast for some extra content. Tiers start of a buck a month and y'all can cancel anytime. We continually add new stuff, including Max's Myth, Rock's Relaxing Reads, bonus episodes, and new music by the great and powerful Teresa Joy. And speaking of the best bard in the business, Teresa Joy gives us that amazing sound that so many of you have commented on. So good. Find and follow her at Viobrite, that's at V-I-O-B-R-I-T-E, on Facebook and Instagram. And check out her own website, TeresaJoyMusic.com. You won't be disappointed. You will not be, gang. And as we do, we asked earlier, but we're going to ask again, please head on to whatever podcast you listen to your boys on and grant us that boon of the five-star review. And of course, please share our podcast, gang. Hope your boys get out there. Also, join us on all the social media, mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All that. TikTok too. I keep forgetting. TikTokopotamus. Our rhymes are bottomless. <laughs> We'd love to hear from y'all. True, true, true. Lastly, gang, head on over to our own damn website at nightmarespodcast.net and holler at your boys. As Max said, we'd love to hear from you. So, ladies and gentlemen, as always, be good to each other and... Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams.